0: The What True Next Podcast helps you build a TBR of future favorite books. In each episode, Laura Amin I mean interviews authors and book influencers to recommend books they loved for you to pick up today. If you're an avid reader, always looking for your next free read, then the show. Hi Victoria, welcome to What True Next Podcast.
1: Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad at this, um, but hi everyone, my name is Victoria, I'm the creative behind Biblio Lifestyle, I also have a podcast, The Reader's Couch, and now I'm hosting the Epigraph Literary Festival, so I guess you could say I'm a jack of all trades, I'm currently living in the Sunshine State, I'm in Florida, and when I'm not reading, I'm browsing bookshelves, um, both in my home, at the library, I love going to bookstores as well, love collecting books, so um, I'm always looking for the next pretty edition, Um, but I also have non-book-related pastimes. I love going to state parks, spending time with my family, puzzling, tea time, journaling, and just sometimes just having quiet moments alone. I love this. I'm a big journaler, so when I meet other
0: journalers, I'm like, yes, there's more like us. (laughs) Yay! Yay! So let's chat about the lifestyle. How, what inspired this idea? Were you, were you a reader beforehand and you realized, you know, like, I want to talk about books because that's what we can do, you know? Um, and what led you to the idea to grow?
1: Um, You know, my start was quite interesting because, um, first of all, I've been a lifelong reader. So I've been reading since forever. I was that child with the flashlight, you know, under the blankets, um, getting books for birthday presents and every holiday imaginable and just racing through them. Um, So I had a family who really fostered my love for reading. Um, My granddad would take me to the library. Uh, My nan had a best friend who owned a bookstore. So it's fair to say, like, I was surrounded by books. Uh, but then I discovered the online book community, um, Bookstagram by chance. You know, a lot of people, they'll discover the community and then they're like, oh, yeah, I want to jump on in. But it was so funny. I created an Instagram page. I think it was around 2017, mm-hmm. um, 2016, 2017. they about five years ago. And I was just posting pictures of the books I was reading and my thoughts. And then people who I did not know prior, so these are not my Instagram friends, were commenting. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then this whole world opened up to me. So I was a bookstagrammer, I guess you could say. Um, for three or so years. And then I decided, you know, uh, the algorithm doesn't like me. I think it doesn't like anyone. So I wanted a separate space, a separate outlet. So I created Biblio Lifestyle, started the website, you know, posted some of my thoughts, made book lists, shared some of my reading tips from over the years. Um, it evolved into a newsletter, evolved into a podcast podcast. <laughs> It evolved now you know uh, we're hosting a festival with some great authors coming up so um it's been a steady evolution so to say but I really enjoy more than anything uh popping into readers inboxes every Friday mm-hmm. um every Friday I send a weekly newsletter out just kind of you know rounding up the week's content Um, sharing new things as well, reading tips, some recipes, uh, latest episodes on the podcast and so on. So uh, it's been an evolution, but it's fair to say I started as a bookstagrammer. The algorithm hated me and I wanted another outlet. I love this. And so
0: what kind of books did you gravitate when you were a child? Were you like mysteries, like what kind of or like um, just general fiction or like, you know, love stories and, you know.
1: Fantastic. Growing up, um, I think, first of all, my nan, uh, my grandmother, she gave me a lot of classics, you know, the classics books that she read, you know, and she passed them on to me. So I think my reading really started, you know, with your favorite bedtime stories and then they evolved into the classics. But she also introduced me to mysteries. So mysteries were my first love. I know a lot of readers, um, you know, when I speak with them, you know, for them it was Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. For me, it was quite the opposite. Um, I would read the books my grandmother was reading. So uh, it was Jules Maygray. Uh, he's a French detective. Um, there's so <laughs> many um, books in the Maygray series. The author is Georges Simeon. Um, so I really started there. Um, then I worked my way into uh, Agatha Christie, of course, you know. She's a classic, she's a legend, Um, but I would say uh, uh, mysteries after reading the classics and mysteries caught my attention more than anything. And then I kind of wove my way into some, you know, general fiction, um, historical fiction. I think I was the most reluctant to read romance. I don't know why, but I was a very reluctant romance reader, but I'm happy to report I am converted. (laughs) I'm a new convert I've been bookstagram converted me honestly I would read a few beforehand but not so much to talk about but um yeah over the past five years bookstagram has converted me and I love the romance novels now all right so we gotta talk about this so what was your gateway romance read which one was the conversion that converted you wow that's a good one um oof. what was the conversion read that's a good one You know what? I don't remember that first book, but I remember a standout book that has never left my brain. And it's Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. I remember before it blew up on Bookstagram, quite a few people I trusted uh, were reading that book because, you know, it's... (sighs) You know, the inter- the internet community, Bookstagram community, you know, it's quite large. It's like, who do you listen to? Who do you read? You know, whose books do you, um, you how do you choose what books to read? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we have podcasts like yours and other creators as well. Uh, but I remember that book really standing out in my mind. I also remember uh, Jasmine Guillory. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the proposal, I think it was, that stood out in my mind. Um, So, yeah, I've, I've had quite a few and I actually read a really good romance novel that I recommended in the spring guide as well. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that as well. But I'm a new convert, so happy to report that. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. It's like it's a brand new series. It's a brand new genre. There's like um, I think people have
0: like a lot of feelings around romance and their expectations and they expect and because it's romantic and so all these different things realities when you discover you realize it's like a
1: whole happily ever after. It's a feel good, joyous, you know, book. <laughs> you know. And we need more of that in life. Yeah. You know, we really do need those, you know, we need those pick me ups, those feel-good reads. We need to know in the end, sometimes there's that happy happily ever after. So I'm so happy that romance can be that bright spot, you know, sometimes in in days that aren't, um, aren't that great. Yes. All right. So let's
0: chat about the spring reading guide you have put together. Um, tell us a little about what's the process of putting it together. And then you're going to tell us some book recommendations.
1: Okay, awesome. So I have been doing seasonal reading guides for the past two years. And it's been amazing. I love it the most. I think <laughs> in addition to reading the books, I love coming up with designs for the reading guide covers. I have a really, really great artist I work with, Lauren, and um, she's from Areet Graphics, and she does a great job. I have an idea in my head and she brings it to life um, uh, on screen, so I'm eternally grateful for that. Uh, the process of the guide is, I would say, twofold. I would first start browsing catalogs just to kind of see what books are out there, what books are planning, you know, what books are being planned to be released at specific times of the year. So in the case of the spring reading guide, I would read in advance books that are coming out in March, April, and I guess early May. Spring is the shortest season um, of all the reading guides. Uh, So I'll you know, look around, see what books are out there. I'll request them, read them. And if I love them, I make a list and then I'll eventually work my way down and shortlist books. So I try to organize them by genre and topic to kind of help readers sometimes because, you know, we do have our favorites. Um, I'm a big mood reader. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a romance or I want a historical fiction or a literary novel. So I tend to categorize books in the guide so readers can go straight to their favorite sections if they prefer. And if they decide to explore, you know, they can go to a different um, category or genre instead. So for the spring guide, this year I have six categories. Um, so that's been great. I have literary fiction, historical fiction, romance, books with heavy themes of family and friendship. I added short story collections um, this season. Yes, because I'm a lover of short fiction. I know you know it's a love-hate relationship with some readers. I totally get it. But you know, there's some good, good, good works that you can find there. So I was happy for the first time to kind of recommend uh, those to readers so the guide is free you can just go to my website bibliolifestyle.com um, and you'll find them there the pop-ups all over the website um, and places where you can download it and hopefully find your next favorite book love this so let's talk about the minimalist guy so you have about five or six
0: books you're going to share with us
1: Yes, yes. So like I just mentioned, I have six categories in this year's spring reading guide. It has a total of 24 books. However, I'm fully aware that not all readers are able to read all 24 books in the guide. So what I have done is selected my top favorites from each category and created what I call the Minimalist Reads list. So if you're only planning to pick up a few reads this season, these are the books I highly recommend. So again, in categories, um, so I have a literary fiction pick um, in our Minimalist Reads list, and it's When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Banrouw. Now, this is a very literary novel. It borders on magical realism as well. Um, It's rooted in mythology. So if that's something you're interested in, this might be up your alley. So this book is set in Trinidad and Tobago and it's infused with Caribbean mythology. And it's where the destinies of two individuals are intertwined together. Uh, We meet a woman whose family has historically um, been able to communicate with people in another life, in another time uh, period, people who have passed on. So they've um, always had that talent. And when her mom passes away, um, it passed on to her. She then meets up with a young man who is a grave digger in, um, in his community. But he's going through um, he's going through some things right now that are not so pleasant, and he's finding himself having to dispose of bodies for crooked politicians. So <laughs> they both meet at this cemetery um, together. So she's there um, to, um, you know, have the burial for her family member. You know, he's a gravedigger. They meet each other. And it's like love at first sight and their connection is really strong, but it's on a spiritual level, because like I mentioned, this is rooted in mythology, uh, Caribbean mythology. Um, so she's super attached to her home. He gets in trouble. He's trying to run away. Um, and, you know, things kind of get complicated. So, again, it's magical realism, very literary. But if you love beautiful writing, beautiful prose, you know, I think this would be a good um selection for readers to give it a go and it's a debut so that's also great as well I love this okay so next up is my historical fiction pick and this one's entitled Forbidden City by Vanessa Hua now this is set in 1960s China and we meet a teenage girl who is very ambitious she's very she's like borderline cutthroat and she catches the attention of chairman Mao's eye she eventually becomes his lover and confident but in time she sees uh his his um lies the betrayal and just how disillusioned she was so this is rooted in history um specifically uh China's cultural revolution um it's not really written about much. Um, You know, when I was trying to think back to other books that um, speak to this time in history, I really couldn't recall any. So if uh, folks are looking for a historical fiction book that is not World War II, um, you can try uh, Forbidden City uh, by Vanessa Hua, because I think um, it's great. It speaks to, to a part of history that's not commonly written about. Again, China's Cultural Revolution. And yeah, it's told through a teenage girl's eyes, but it's really powerful. Um, you know, she's so ambitious, she wants to be in his troop, um, but she's ruthless. And like I said, she catches his attention, she becomes his mistress, but then she realizes not is all as it seems. And um, she has to now find herself, and um, you know, reckon with um, the fact that she idealized this man, and a lot of people did. But he's not really as he seems.
0: Mm, oh my god, this sounds so good, and I love the fact that it's in China, that's not set in Europe or in the Americas. So it's like you get to transport into a different world that you probably wouldn't have an experience before.
1: Absolutely. I'm loving these books that are exploring the different facets of history, because I do love historical fiction. But after a while, you know, I want to read something that's not World War Two. I love them. Don't get me wrong. But you know, it's nice to read something different. So um, yeah, I highly recommend The Forbidden City. That one was great. Perfect. What's the next? Okay, so next up is a book I put in the category of novels with themes of family and friendship. Now, I know this book is being marketed kind of borderline as a mystery, and it has mystery, but it's more of a character study than anything else. And it's The Caretakers by Amen- by Amanda Bester Siegel. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a story that is told from the point of view of, I think, six women And it tells the story of an American au pair who was arrested after the mysterious death of a child in her host family. So, you know, she's an au pair, she's working for this family, the child dies, she's arrested and we're trying to figure out what happened to this child. However, the novel for me, again, it's a character study and it's very heavy on themes of family and exploring uh, belonging. So that's the reason I'm not putting it in a mystery. It has elements of a mystery because we are trying to find out what happens to this child. But, you know, um, the mystery of what happens unravels through the eyes of many different women. We hear from the mother of the child. We hear from the daughter and how she was feeling. We also hear from the au pairs themselves. um, And we realize that, you know, the mothers, even though they are financially able to hire these people. They feel guilt about not sometimes being present as moms. Um, We also meet a teacher who is also a caregiver um, in a different capacity. Uh, We also hear from her and how she doesn't feel like she belongs in a society in which she is from, which is French society. Um, The mother of the dead child, she's struggling with belonging in this upper class society of which she was not born Um, and then also the au pairs themselves we hear from them um, because there is a group of uh, au pairs and we are also discovering that a lot of them are disappearing from their past lives you know they have baggage um, and they're also trying to find themselves so I think it's very interesting because um, au pairs are young women like you know the average au pair is like 19 20 you know they're young so it's almost like children taking care of children so there's that theme as well but um, and in the end we hear from the au pair whose um, child whose um, child she was caring for and we hear from her as well ultimately we find out what happened but again I think this is heavy on um, character study um family and belonging and yeah just finding oneself but um that's the caretakers by amanda Besta Siebel and i really enjoyed it oh i love this all right now my favorite mystery and thriller now i love this one <laughs> because i love the classics and i loved frankenstein by mary shelley Mm -hmm. So this was inspired by Frankenstein and the name of the novel is The Children on the Hill by Jennifer McMahon. Now, I enjoyed this book. It's inspired by Frankenstein um, and there's a hospital, which was a former psychiatric ward many years ago, and it was rumored to have monsters there as patients. And then we see a present day timeline Because the first timeline, because it's told in alternating storylines, one is 40 years ago, one is present day. So the psychiatric facility that was rumored to have monsters and um, so on there, that was 40 years ago. And then present day, we meet a podcaster. And I know the true crime podcast thing has been a big thing. However, this is not really heavy on that. Um, It's really more heavy, in my opinion, on the Frankenstein retelling. And I think the author did a great job. But yes, a podcaster follows the lead about a monster that has been abducting young girls. And those two storylines intersect um, because a young girl whose grandmother was the main psychiatrist, the person who was running this facility, she is a present-day person trying to find out um, what happened. Uh, so it's quite interesting um, Vi she she grew up with her brother who was a psychiatrist she grew up with her brother and her grandmother who was a psychiatrist and um, it was considered a great institution at the time um, but rumors started to build strange things started to happen um, and then, grandmother brings home a new playmate and things take a tragic turn so um yeah she's traveling the country she is a host of this podcast and the suspense really builds when she returns to vermont which is where this facility used to be to find what's going on with a missing girl that was there and a monster sighting so if you're a lover of the classics and if you loved frankenstein This author did a great job on her retelling, so to say, her reimagining. I thought it was so, so well done. I know sometimes people are wary of retellings and reimaginings, but this one was so good. It was great. I love
0: this.
1: Oh my gosh. This one sounds so good. (laughs) It it really is good. That that was one of my favorites. Hands down, I read it. I knew guide, guide, guide. It was, it was really good. Okay, so I'm newly converted romance reader, well, not really newly converted, it's been a couple of years, but the romance novel I'm recommending is The No Show by mm-hmm. Beth O'Leary. Now, I know readers might be familiar with Beth O'Leary. Um, I loved her first book, The Flat Share.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was really, really good. It was popular. Um, well, her new book, The No Show, is where we meet three very different women who are all in love with the same man. And when he doesn't show up to his Valentine's dates for any of them, so he didn't show up for any of them at all, all three women, they all try to kind of untangle the truth and you know see what's going on. And these women are very different, like three wildly different women. But I I personally believe the author did a great job balancing each woman's backstory. So I never felt like you know, one person was given more attention than the other. It was very well balanced. I love that she celebrated their differences. So instead of kind of pitting, you know, one woman against another and, you know, making it superficial, I I love that she celebrated how different they were. There was great depth to them as well. So that was great. And the guy, Joseph, even though, you know, this guy stands up for these women and obviously that was awful, he... Kind of won me over a little, you know, it's like when the villain starts to win you over. So that was quite interesting. Um, but are twisty plots involved, you know, it kept me guessing. I wanted to see what happened next. I found myself just rooting for everyone. and just kind of really wanting that happy ending all across the board. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great. Um, so, again, Valentine's Day gone wrong. Guy doesn't show. They're all loving and crushing on the same guy and then they decide to just to find out okay what's going on so that was a great read I I enjoyed it
0: yeah I read The No Show and I, it reminded me of an old Leanne Moriarty book Ooh. you was know, very like because it's very twisty very and there's a lot of just a lot of plays with different things things you think you know and you realize they're like oh It's a whole different story, and it has it has like a very like very um. It just plays with time and it plays with energy. It play and there's there's a playfulness, even though the story has a lot of death.
1: Um, yeah show. yeah I think I think that's what I love too it I remember struggling deciding what book because there were some great romance books mm-hmm. out this spring like really really great romance books because I recommended six yeah. <laughs> so of the 20, 24 books six were romance because yeah. there were such great 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 books but I love that this one really had depth yeah I'm so happy that, you know, you, you kind of saw that as well. Um, the characters were very well done. Um, yeah, and I just, I was rooting for everyone. It was just, it was good. I really enjoyed that one for sure. Yeah. And the last one, which is a new category to the guide, but I've been reading a lot of great short fiction and short story collections, and they were really great. I had three recommendations in the guide, but the one that made the minimalist list was Nobody Gets Out Alive by Lee Newman. Now, this is a collection of stories about women who have tough exteriors. And I've realized as a reader, I gravitate to stories about women. I tend to read more stories about women. I tend to read more books by women. Um, and that's intentional on my part. Um, but I love reading books about complicated women. And these stories are about women who have really tough exteriors. Um, they conceal their vulnerabilities. And that's something I can relate to. The difference is, these women are all based in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to Alaska. Uh, but, you know, when I read books about Alaska and that state but also just that territory that area coming to to be it's a very harsh landscape it's, it's very rough um you know even the early settlers who moved out there um you know a lot of people didn't make it a lot of people you know also complain about just the harsh weather the terrain and so on and these women are doing it So that's what I loved as well. So we see these women navigate that harsh Alaskan landscape, but also it's a very male dominated society um, there as well. So I really appreciated that she just followed these everyday women. Um, You know, there's a 67 year old woman in there um, who goes by the name Butch and no, Dutch, I'm sorry. And She takes no BS from anyone, any man. Um, She cares for dogs that she loves very much. Some black labs, she loses them. You know, she grieves over them. She's had a few husbands as well. Um, I love the fact that, you know, we met someone who was 67. I like reading about, you know, varying ages of women. Um, We also meet um, Katrina um someone who left the city to then go um to Alaska which is quite you know a big change um we meet newlyweds we just meet women at different stages in life the one thing they all have in common is that they're tough they're strong but they're still vulnerable deep inside so it was very interesting I also loved just reading about different kinds of women and in a setting that's just very different from my own and um also just navigating a very male-dominated society so again this story collection is no one gets out alive oh sorry nobody gets out alive by lee newman
0: Ooh, i love this all right so you have a book that you want to share that's on your list but it has what is important that you want to share with
1: tell us all about it Oh, wow. When I was thinking back to books I've read 2020 to 21, I mean, 2020, I was just reading for survival because that was the first year of the pandemic, really. But 21, I was a bit more mindful of the books I was reading. And I really struggled with two books that I absolutely loved. The one I've been recommending time and time and time over again is Assembly by Natasha Brown. Mm. I've been talking about that book like, Crazy! It was hands down a favorite of mine because I could relate to it. I felt that author was writing my story. She she was writing my story. I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, the summary of that book is, and it's hard to give a summary because it's a novella. I guess yeah, it's a novella. It's a hundred. I think maybe hundred and ten pages, no more than that. Very short and. We meet an unnamed narrator who's a young black British woman. She works in finance. Now, I've never worked in finance. That part is not my life. Mm -hmm. But she works really hard and she's been working for as long as she can. Remember, you know, she's pursuing this success and this achievement and this excellence that everyone has told her to do. She's done everything um, that both her family and society has told her to be. She's worked really hard. And we meet her in the novel, going through um, something health related. The novel doesn't tell us what it is right away, but she's going through something. We also meet her boyfriend, um, who is a white man who's come from old family money and his parents are hosting this big anniversary party in their lavish country manner, and narrator narrators invited to attend along with her partner. And while preparing to attend this party, she starts to consider her life and the carefully assembled pieces of her life. Because a novel novel's called Assembly. And for me, I felt like she was reflecting on her life, reflecting on her choices, and she was questioning whether she should keep it all together like she's been doing her entire life or just rip everything apart. And that book spoke to me personally on so many levels. Um, I wish I'd see more people reading it. Um, It's really short, but it's just really good. It's very powerful. It packs a punch Um, and it's worth the read. And again, it's Assembly by Natasha Brown. But I'm going to squeeze in one more book and say the book, I couldn't stop turning the pages fast enough and I wanted more from it. And I know this is controversial because it it was one of the most anticipated books of 2021. And you either really loved it or you hated it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and for me, it was Beautiful World, Where Are You by Sally Rooney. I had to squeeze that one in because I loved it. I anticipated that book. I waited on that book, and when I got my hands on a copy, I could not stop reading. I know people compare it to normal people, conversations with friends, and I get it, but for me, this was her best work yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I, I know she's popular. Again, it's either you really loved it, or you hate it but I'm a Sally Rooney fan so I should I should really say that too mm-hmm. and she continues to explore themes of mental health class sex millennial life mm-hmm. and um this one I kind of felt was like borderline autobiograph- autobiographical in a weird way like auto fiction mm-hmm. um you know obviously she's never said that but in the novel, we meet a successful author who suffered a nervous be- breakdown because of just how well her work was doing. And she moves away to a small town to kind of get away from it all. And she meets a guy, a local guy and invites him to accompany her on a work trip. He falls in love with her, but she kind of resents, but he resents her a little. It's, 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 it's very interesting, their dynamic. And then we also meet Alice's best friend, Eileen, who's working at this low paying job, who wants to be a writer, but she's also experiencing romantic feelings with her childhood friend. And I think what I love the most is the fact that her and Eileen communicate through these long lengthy emails. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people might feel like who communicates like that? They're debating (laughs) life, they're debating politics, they're debating everything. And I kind of liked it because you know what, it kind of It kind of questioned for me how we communicate because I have pen pals. I have pen pals from my teenage, young adult years. I write letters. I sign up to pen pal pages. I meet new people. I have a pen pal I'm emailing right now. We're going to transition to um, sharing or addresses so we can send actual snail mail. But I have these conversations. So for me, you know, I could relate to that. Um, And I adored the novel, that's all I'm gonna say. I thought it was touching, it was honest. I think she gave a full range to her characters. And she allowed them to embrace what I consider super embarrassing emotions. And she gave them a wide range of feelings. And I love her style. I can stop turning pages. I could read more pages. Um, But if I compare all three novels, conversations with friends, normal people, and now, beautiful world, where are you? I think this is her best one. To know,
0: yeah. I have had <laughs> you have me on that. And I was like, Yes, I had this conversation. I had this friends who i sent him long emails of like, you know, like what's going on, what's happening, and have this conversation through so email, you know. So I love this. Oh, maybe I should pick it up. I actually I I have mixed feelings about Sally rooney so uh, but maybe I should bring it up. Thanks to you for your selling the
1: book, which is so cool. the beauty of this podcast is sell me the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know as an individual, she's an interesting person, you know, complicated. I mean, we all are. are. Um, and her writing, her writing is very interesting as well. Um, yeah, very interesting as well. She tackles millennial life head on she really does but also the book assembly that i was sharing earlier is also telling a millennial story an older millennial story Mm -hmm. a black woman's story so again i know i love reading stories about women um that's very obvious to me um and both books were my top 10 were my top 10 books for 2021 they were both great both millennial stories one's shorter and ones by a super famous author. But I think Natasha Brown did a great job with Assembly. And I think Beautiful World, Where Are You? is Sally Rooney's best work yet. If you're a Rooney fan, yeah. If I compare the three, I think I think this was her best work yet. Yes. So Victoria, tell us where you can find your line. Okay you can find me online I'm on all social media at bibliolifestyle Instagram Twitter Facebook Pinterest but where I really want to connect with readers is via my newsletter so subscribe to my newsletter visit my website bibliolifestyle.com um yeah you'll get all the news I send one email every Friday I don't spam because I hate spam no one likes spam okay (laughs) but um yeah I love connecting with readers via my newsletter hit reply I see them I respond to all respond uh all emails to me I respond to snail mail (laughs) so you can send me snail mail too My address is in the footer of my email that I send every Friday, but yeah, I'd love to hear from readers, hear what they're reading. And again, I love listening to the podcast and getting good recommendations here as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it has been amazing being here. Awesome. Thank you, Victoria. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with friends, subscribe,
0: rate, and review the show. This is the easiest way to support this podcast. For a list of books mention and other romance recommendations, please visit RetroRenexblog.com. The RetroRenex podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Please visit frolic.media slash podcast to discover new shows to tune in. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.